Hello and welcome back to the InBay podcast with me, Luke Betteridge. Uh, for those of us who tuned into the previous episodes around the recruitment and retention, thank you very much. And for the feedback we got on those, we had some um, brilliant feedback on obviously what is quite a big topic in the IT industry at the moment. But today we're going to have a slight change of topic. So firstly, I just want to welcome back our series regulars and good friends of mine, Simon Butler and Daniel Welling. Thank you for joining us again today. And we also have a very special guest of us, and that is Paul Croker from 18IT. Paul, thank you for joining us. You're welcome. Thank you for the invite, guys. So uh, before we sort of jump in, Paul, I don't know if you want to give a bit of a brief introduction to yourself and what you do at 18IT. Sure. So I'm the owner and founder of a company called 18IT, and we provide virtual CIO, fractional CIO, fractional um, IT director uh, for SMEs um, and MSPs. Brilliant. So um, before we kind of jump into the topic of like a VCIO and kind of what that encompasses, I always like to ask, what is it that got you into IT in the first place? I know you may have to cast your mind back a little bit here. Was this? <laughs> Listeners can't see, but I have actually got grey hair and it's there for a reason because I've been around the block a while. Um, basically, I think for me, when I started off my IT career, it was the fact that I just liked helping people. Um, my first role in IT was working for an accountancy here in Bristol. And they were a really bright bunch of people. And I knew everyone from the CEO at the top on the top floor down to the, the, the temporary workers of staff. And just to see their sort of looks on their faces when I could get them delivering their accounts and their account packages for their clients again when they're up against it was, was golden, really. Brilliant. And um, how did that eventually lead you to kind of owning and running 1890? What's the sort of story around that? So it yeah, it was probably born really and took shape in my last corporate role when I worked for a pan-European space company. Um, some people probably heard me talk about this before. Um, it was uh, I was in charge of the UK entity. We had two sites in the UK, and I was heading up um, a, a very busy entity because we were growing. So we were the new kids on the block, so to speak, when I joined. And for the first three years, they were doubling the headcount. So when I joined, the Bristol site had around 40, 46 members of staff. And when I left, that had gone up to about 120. And there was an, a site in Oxford when I joined that had around six. And when I left, it had around about 90. Okay. Oh, amazing. So, um, you know, a lot of people you're working with then, quite a, a large company. But um, one of the things, obviously, we want to focus on today, really, is kind of this VCIO role and kind of what that encompasses, what that entails. So I don't know if you want to start just giving a high-level overview about what a virtual CIO is and it's got different flavors around that. Yes, it's you're right. Um, it's a massive topic. It could be as wide as it is deep, and lots of people will put different bits and pieces into it. But for me, the nuts and bolts around it is around strategic thinking. It's looking ahead, so it's not not project planning. That's 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 a, a run below. If you look at it from a hierarchical sort of structure, it's talking to the board, to the management, to get budgets aligned in the right quarter in the right year, and anticipating spend. Looking at processes and procedures, governance, risk, and compliance—that's all GRC stuff—and making sure that whatever systems or IT is in place, it's adhering to all the the the, the compliance certificates. Um, ISO, if they've got that, Cyber Essentials, if they have that, or other other flavors. Um, and also, some companies I think might even have specific contracts which will dictate to them how they work with the client's data and what that relationship looks like. So it's just making sure that all the IT is lined up. 
Okay, so it, like you said, it does encompass quite a lot there, and there's quite a, a, a you know a lot involved in that. Sort of. So when you say you're working with an MSP on this, kind of what is the the starting point really? Because obviously, what you mentioned there, I, I feel like is is quite a lot to take on in yes. one go. So is there kind of a way that you approach these? Is there kind of a starting point and you build up? How how do you approach that with an MSP? Like most things, it's not one size fits all. Yeah. So I normally have a discussion with the MSP, find out what, they, what what's going on inside their world. Um, sometimes it can be driven by a conversation of like, we're trying to get this thing, this project signed off, or we're trying to have this discussion. We know that's what they need because the noises they're making, they're going down that route, but we can't quite seem to get it sticky Excellent. or get it over the line or get them to sign off on it or get them to have that meeting where we discuss it. So I can help them with that. And I'm on the phrase, but get it sort of oven ready, if you will. Um, so it, it lines up the project, it lines up the spend and we can we can slide it through. Another point where I've been talking to some MSPs, they've said, look, Paul, it sounds really good. We get it, but we just don't have the time to do that with all the other stuff that we've got going on. Can you come in under our umbrella? Because we, we, we've got a part on our website where we say we do that and and be our, 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 our virtual CIO talking to our clients and looking at what we've got going on in-house here and just lining things up. Yeah, so um, I'd say, obviously, we spoke about previously just before we started recording this, that a lot of MSPs already believe that they offer kind of a virtual CIO, but in actuality, they're probably not offering it to the level that, that you are or what you believe should be done. So do you want to have a little sort of discussion around kind of what MSPs believe is involved in being a virtual CIO and actually what the reality of it looks like? Oh, that's a that's a great curveball, and one I'm sure is going to spark some interesting debate, not just with with us here, but with people listening to this as well. Um, everyone's got their their view, and I, I kind of look at it a bit like you know, a bit like football. One person's offside, and someone else just play on, right? So, for me, um, I, one of the things I've heard is people say, "Oh, we we have we've got QBRs, quarterly business reviews, and we we do CIO stuff in 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 that one there." Um, my question around that would be, okay, but what's that like trying to get things signed off and get budgets aligned and agreed if it's a if it's a quarterly business review? For me, the emphasis is on review. Does the business understand that or you know, are they expecting to come in and review what's what's happened in place at the moment already? So again, it's yeah, it's that thing of looking at it from a quarterly perspective and rather than doing a reflection, I think, on the past quarter and what's happened, you almost want to have that focus on, well, what are the next steps and what is what is involved in those next steps? And like you said, from a higher level than just that simple project level. So, um, I, yeah, I know, for, for example, a lot of consultants come in, like you said, they want to put a new system in place. And it's just a very basic level of what do we need, how many licenses do we need, et cetera, et cetera. But like you said, you need to look at kind of a level up from that or a couple of levels up from that, really. Yeah, I mean, it's for me, it's, 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 it's the finances, you know, it's making sure there's enough, there's, there's budget in place for that at the right time. Are they expecting that spend? Have they anticipated it? Um, and, you know, when you talk to finance people, you've got operational expenditures and capital expenditures. Um, they might even break that down into quarterly spend, uh, which they might have agreed on a multi-year budget. So there's different ways that they can they can shape all that. And that's going to be important. It's also going to be important as to what's actually going on with inside that um the organization there um, from from the compliance piece and making sure that whatever products are put in place is delivered to meet the needs of the business, not being driven by the technology. And I see that quite a bit where a company will say, well, you need this because it's the best. It's got the best reviews and it's awesome. We've used in all these other companies. We've had no issues with it. Well, that's great. But this company that you're working with now, are they a carbon copy of all those other companies? Hmm. So, yeah, it's, Go on, Daniel. I feel like you've got something to add to this. 
Well, I think I just want to call the the VAR in on on this one uh, on the uh, <laughs> using using Paul's uh, Paul's analogy. Um, I think there's a that uh, uh, there's absolutely um, a, a VCIO as a as a more senior version of what a a typical MSP might have um, the technical account manager role uh, fulfill. Um, but I do think that there's an awful lot of crossover here um, and, uh, and where uh, where an MSP um, uh, uh, and, and again the, the review part absolutely is uh, is in you know in practice a, a looking back um, a, a well-run QBR or TBR for an MSP should should not just be about service review um, it should be about um, uh, uh, creating and and uh, and discussing a roadmap um, a technology roadmap which absolutely must support the the individual needs of the of the the, the customer business um, and uh, and I think there'll be certain sizes of uh, of, of uh, MSP customers that just won't uh, won't uh, sustain or or uh, or, or um, support having uh, a higher priced VCIO service, so it's about getting the right, the right level of touch, uh, the right level of detail, um, and uh, uh, and including some of the attributes that Paul describes of VCIO within the the TAM slash TBR uh, model, um, but having a clear definition of when actually this this is now proper VCIO territory. So actually now this becomes chargeable and therefore actually is a commercial opportunity for the MSP rather than as as most consulting businesses tend to do. Um, they over deliver on the on the pre-sales um, and, uh, and and don't have a clear definition of actually now this is this is a chargeable bit of work rather than free consultancy. Um, I don't know, Simon, have you have you had any experiences like that with with some of your clients? Um, it's a difficult fine line between whether it's where it becomes chargeable or not. Obviously, I I do the reviews with my MSP clients and my end user clients, um, and particularly when it comes into you know trying to come up with you know what the future path is is yeah where's where's the line between you know coming up with just sort of like well we need to replace this server in three years time or next year or next month depending on whether it's running windows 2012 r2 or not um or whether we you know we're looking at more strategic stuff and yeah it's it's something i think uh, a lot of msps will struggle with is where it you know where it changes from being just a generic um pathway if you like and to being actually more specific that then becomes chargeable and then becomes something where it's a vcio because it requires more higher level strategic thinking if you like i think they're all really interesting points and i think there's all there's a there's a lot of waiting behind what you've both said there daniel and simon because it's it's i think there's, there's it's almost like there's there's a role at every stage with all of this um and you need to you need to understand um, why things need to change, and it's driving it with the technical, with the technical, almost technical elements individually. And does that work with that client, or do they not understand that? So, what I mean that is things like you just said, Simon, about replacing, say, hardware or replacing OSs on on, on systems. Are they just doing that because they go, look, it's going end of life, and they're like, yeah, but that's you know, 
it will still work. It just means we're not going to get support for it, right? And it's like, well, yeah, but you've got Cyber Essentials certification in place, and that states that you have to have supported OSs, which means when you come up for renewal, those 40, 50, 100 machines will be out of scope. Will be There'll be a lot of work to get those back in scope to get you certified. But also you're then breaking your certification because your OSs are now not supported. What does that mean? Which contracts are now at risk because you haven't you haven't got that box ticked? And again, changing that mentality from a technical perspective to go, look, this is this is business enabling you. If you don't have this certification in place, technically you're going to lose those contracts, or there's going to be some difficult conversations. And that and that's a that's a great example of where um, I would say infrastructure refresh. Um, uh, a known compliance issue such as cyber essentials should all be well within the the domain of the TAM TBR process. Um, an example I would say is outside of the TAM TBR process um, would be perhaps something at an application level. So going back to Simon's example of a server needs refreshing, um, it probably isn't just doing file and print. It's probably hosting some uh, application that's uh, uh, specific to the, the client's industry that uh, they don't want to replace because it's going to cost them a vast amount of money um, and, uh, and a vast amount of disruption. And then it's, well, what, what do we do about this, um, this ancient piece of, piece of software that we run our business on? Um, uh, that's where, that's where I'd, I'd say you probably need a, a, a higher level and certainly a paid for um, level of consulting that, that reviews, uh, you know, there's a technical element, there's a business element, there's review of the marketplace. That I would all see as being yeah, v- VCIO activities. Um, I don't know, is that, is that perhaps a good example of where you might, where you might take over, Paul? Uh, I, one thing I want to put is, is I, don't, I don't view things as, as taking over. It's for me, it's working in a collaboration. It's a collaborative relationships with everybody, all parties. The MSP, the end client, the board of directors, the finance people, whoever else is involved in the discussions and, of course, the suppliers, because you have to be on the same side. If you're looking at it as a them and us approach, it's going to be disjointed. There'll be gaps and people will assume, oh, you mean this or you mean that, when actually that's not there's miscommunication there. So for me, that needs to be taken away and it needs to be viewed from the outset that this is a collaborative piece and we're on the same side. Um, moving on from from there with the with the TAM things and, the, and, the, and understanding, if you're saying that the TAM needs to understand the cyber essentials frameworks and details around accreditations, how is the MSP training that? When are they giving them time to arm that TAM with that information and that and that experience? How would how would they do that? Uh, how how could they how could they not do it without being able to communicate to the customer that they should should have and achieve and maintain their cyber essential status um yep. uh it, it's a it's a i would say it's a it's an inherent part of uh, an msp being responsible and delivering a best of best of class best practice uh, service to their customers um if if they don't understand cyber essentials how how can they how can they talk talk it through with uh, with them with, with their with their customers um now uh that's the the technical element um and again another good example perhaps where i would see vcio uh maybe not taking over but the baton being passed or there being a a demarcation line would be um if we looked at something like a, a 
uh, ISO um, as opposed to Cyber Essentials, um, where it's probably more about uh, processes and business operations than it is about technical controls. Um, so yeah, maybe that's again where I would see that yeah that being a yeah way, way outside of the uh, the the, the TAMS uh, capabilities. Um, uh, what, what 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 do you think, Simon? Well, I was just thinking, is some of the VICIO VCIO role um, almost um, an interpretation? So it could be the VCIO can talk to the technical people in technical speak and can then talk to the board people in board speak. Um, many years ago, I used to work for management consultants. And they literally had consultants who would sit between a government department and their uh, outsourced contractor who could take what the outsourced contractor was saying and turn it into civil servant speak so that they could get the communication right there so that you as the person almost in the middle can, you know, the techie saying, oh, I need to replace X, Y, and Z because this is happening and, you know, blah, blah, blah. The board, if you went to the board member and said the same thing, the board member's eyes would glaze over about five seconds into the conversation because they didn't understand a single word of it. You as the VCIO hopefully would understand what the techie is saying to you, can then go to it and go, look, if you don't do this, it's going to cost the company X. Techie doesn't know it's going to cost the X or it's going to cost the company, you know, five million quid if we don't replace this vital piece of kit and could put it in the right language to get it, to get the board to understand the impact on the business that this technical bit is going to, is going to have. Absolutely. I think you've hit a core uh, nail on the head there, really, Simon. It's that interpretation and it's that communication and it's the it's the coordination between all the different facets, which is why it's a collaboration piece for me, because you've got to work in sync with all the different parties. So when you're presenting to a board or talking to, to senior execs, you're going to have the owner of the business potentially there or the CEO with one, with one sort of uh, mindset. The CFO will have a different mindset. And the finance people and, and we'll have a different one again altogether. And then the, the people that's impacting maybe like a project delivery team who are requesting the, the you know the new software or the hardware, whatever it is, are gonna want that in because it's enabling them to deliver their project. The technical guys will need to know and girls will need to know what they need to to, to do to, to, to configure it or make the changes. And the business has to go, look, we just need to know what is it we're, we're trying to do, what we're expected to do here. But they're not they're not technical, they don't understand that. But what they do understand is when you're explain when you've understood how the business is shaped to deliver their projects or what clients that are important to them or what work they're chasing, you can help with the VCIO piece in my mind to help them meet that need by just greasing the wheels in the right places, having the right conversations between the different parties and kind of um, being that, that, that sort of that middle cog, as you said. Speaking the right words and the right language for the right people. A hundred percent. Technical translator, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like I take to say to people, if you receive an email that's quite short, do not send a three or four paragraph email back because that person is communicating you in fairly short, short terms. Either they that's how they talk or they haven't got time at the moment. So if you then send back a three or four paragraph email, it, you know, they're either not going to read it or it's going to take time or delays or something else is going to go wrong. So it is, it is, it is about understanding the people that you're working with, building those relationships, building that credibility and say, look, I get it. You know, what, what are your problems? What are you up against? Let's, let's work with you client, with the UMSP because they, they might be having challenges between each other. Might go, well, you know, the technical team only talk technical to us and the, the, the MSP will go, well, you know, we can't pin down the, the people we need to for a meeting. Then there's never available. So, there could be rebuffing going on there as well. So for me, it's just that understanding 
what, what, what needs to happen and when it needs to happen. And then kind of joining those, those pieces of the puzzle up. And then adding the extra layer on of understanding people, reading people and knowing who to communicate to at the right time around the right subject. So a lot, a lot you're taking on with the role, <laughs> many hats. It, it can, it can be, it can be, but this is, this is it. It's just, it yeah. there, there, there's no one size fits all. Um, each MSP, as we know, is going to be different. They've got different needs and requirements. Their client bases are going to be different with different needs and requirements. So for me, it's literally every 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 day's like starting from zero. It's like, right, what is it you're trying to do here? Why are you trying to do it? What, what are you trying to achieve? And I attribute that back to when I worked for the Pan-European Space Company. We had huge multinational projects being delivered, which I had to coordinate different app at different, different parts with different boards with different sign-off. So it was quite... It was quite challenging. Um, and also you had different cultures, different people in different languages where English wasn't their first language. So you had to take abbreviations out and all sorts. So it it was it would get challenging quite quickly. So this is this is what I'm looking to bring to the MSP space is this additional layer from the corporate world, but making it so it's easy for everyone to 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 keep on point, keep on focus with what they want to be doing. And I guess a key part of it as well is efficiency for the MSPs as well. That's ultimately what you're trying to achieve. You want to make sure that everything that's happening is efficient and beneficial for the MSPs and for their end clients. Like I said, it's not just the tech team running it and just doing anything that has a technical requirement or the board just running it from a financial perspective. It's about bringing it all together so that everyone is running efficiently, everything's running smoothly, and you're getting the best for your end clients at the end of the day. Absolutely. Yeah. And when things come up, so it's all very well getting sign off maybe for year one on an IT project. But what about year two and year three, those renewal prices? If the board haven't brought into it or the business hasn't brought into it fully, are they going to sign that off or are they going to question it? So again, it's going to be a difficult conversation to have around what are you using it for? How are you using it? Who's using it? Was if they have all the right training and those costs are all built into it when you bring it in in year one, they're less likely going to question it or, or or ask why why have we got this? Do we really need it? Especially if people are looking at budgets, trying to trim excess off if they can. Yeah, I, I don't know, um, Daniel Simon, if you've got any kind of kind of closing statements or remarks or anything you want to ask Paul. I think from from my perspective, uh, this is a huge a huge topic. Um, 20 minutes half an hour doesn't really do it do it justice scratch um, the surface a little bit yeah a, 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 absolutely right and, and and actually that there's uh there's such a diverse set of needs and circumstances and objectives and uh, uh and approaches out there that um i think that the, the translation piece is a is a is a is a great a great analogy uh, uh certainly reflecting back to uh, my my early days um in uh, in ma- managing customer relationships and and actually you know b- before my my MSP business and you know in my in my formative uh, IT uh, uh, career um, uh, as a as a uh, initially a new business salesperson and and then latterly as an account manager effectively I was negotiating um, uh, between uh, between uh, business and su- supplier and uh and and working to a standard that was uh, was was going to deliver a good outcome for the for the customer uh, but at, at a profit in a profitable and sustainable way for the supplier and and in fact you know all, all of those considerations need to be need to be balanced and so um 
yeah, it, it's a it's a question of balance, a question of sensitivity, um, and uh, uh, and and I think there's there's lots lots we can all always continue to learn from each other. I think I just added. I think probably the biggest thing for MSPs though is going to be knowing when they need someone like Paul. You know, um, because of the perceptions, and I think that's going to that's the biggest hurdle they've probably got is like knowing when it's gone past. You know, being able to do it with whatever internal resources they've got, and and realizing that you know they need someone who, particularly when they start dealing with bigger businesses who have got the board and they've got all of that additional layers in place and it needs someone to be able to cut through the layers or know how to talk to all of the layers, which an MSP by its very nature of being, you know, mainly, a, you know, a group of salespeople, a group of account managers, a group of techies may not have that skill set to be able to talk at all those multiple levels. They might be able to talk right at the top. They might be able to talk right at the bottom, mainly because of how they got the business in the first place. But there's an awful lot of middle ground, and that's where you need you need uh, someone to be able to cover that middle that middle ground in and uh, knowing how to adapt language and terminology and approach and everything to be able to to deal with some of the like I say the bigger projects and the, the bigger everything the bigger scope the big the bigger picture you know let's how many more cliches can I throw in but um, <laughs> you know but that's what it is you know it, but it's it's knowing or it's knowing how you know where someone like Paul can. Uh, can fit in and then knowing hey, how to, when they need it and how to find them really and knowing what it is you know the vcio phrase is thrown around so much uh, i don't think it really has a, a proper definition probably because there's so many different scopes for it and it's sort of you know knowing what you know if you need it this is what you need yeah yeah you know, you know if you need it yeah. <laughs> I think for me, it's just about having a place where, you know, MSPs, we, we talk about communities and there's lots of different communities around. Dan and myself are obviously um, invested with Tech Tribe and some of the other ones as well. Um, it's, it's, it's just not having a fear to reach out and just ask if you're not sure about something, you know, you don't know what you don't know reach out, lean on communities and see what they say. There's all sorts of people with all sorts of really cool backgrounds in these communities. And you never know, you might surprise yourself. You might have a conversation with somebody which you weren't expecting, which might unlock that or something else that you've been struggling with. So for me, a little take home is just to sort of join communities, be be an active member in communities and and, and use that as a, as, a, as a sounding board. Agreed. Brilliant. Yeah, absolutely agreed, yeah. 100%. Well, Paul, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we really appreciate you coming in. Like we said, scratching the surface, shall we say, of the VCIO role and everything that encompasses. Uh, Simon and Daniel, thank you again for joining us. And thank you for everyone for listening. If you've got any questions around this or you want to discuss anything further, then please feel free to reach out to any of us on this podcast. Um, we look forward to chatting with you in the next one. Thank you. Bye.